0: Hello and welcome to Conference in Review. I'm Dana. And I'm Derek. This week, we've got two talks that we're talking about. And I am titling this episode, Normal Habits That Can Sweeten Bitter Days. I'm going to start with a little story from a movie many of you may have seen. It's called The Karate Kid, the one with Ralph Macchio. And he was getting picked on by some bullies. So he went to go take some karate lessons from Mr. Miyagi. And when he got there, Mr. Miyagi said, Okay, you want to learn karate? I want you to start by painting my fence and waxing my car. And he felt like, what does this have to do with karate? And it was annoying and and uh, even felt like a waste of time until it came time to do the fighting And he realized that all these little things he had been doing were training him so that when he came time to fight, he knew what he was doing and he had built up that ability. There are times that we do habits that maybe feel like, that we're asked to do, that kind of feel like this like we're we're painting the fence or we're waxing the car and we don't really see immediate results i am drawing on the talk by elder rafael pino and let me make sure i got his name right rafael e pino and i'm not sure where he's from mm. i this, imagine latin america accident? yeah, yeah i sense. i'm guessing latin america because he talks about visiting mexico and brazil mm. And some of the food that they would eat like coconut and, and
1: avocado. My wife loved to eat coconut and drink the coconut water. So
0: oh gosh. And they, I feel like in Mexico, they love putting chili powder on everything. (laughs) That's just my experience. I mean, I, I had a friend, you know, put chili powder on mangoes. I think I've had people eat those here too, but you know, chili, chili powder on your oranges or something. And it's okay. It's not my taste. Um, They'd say, and I'm sure it tastes fine, but I don't really like coconuts, so that wouldn't matter. (laughs) Anyway, I'm off topic. Uh, The four things that he talks about doing, because in his talk, let doing good be our normal. Normal things are habits that we do that become so common because we're doing them all the time. And it's just the way of doing things. And some things that he talks about that we should make normal in our life are, personal and family study of the scriptures. So I'm going to just abbreviate these. Scripture study, prayer, sacrament meeting, attendance, and temple worship. These are things that we're told our whole life, do them, do them, do them. He's saying not only just to do them, but do them so that they're normal. Well, first they of all,
1: they become the habits that we live. Mm-hmm. As, we, as we do them more and more, they become who we are.
0: I want to talk about that word normal. Like, when I say something is normal, what do you usually think of? Uh, That nobody's normal? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I actually took a class when I was studying to become a teacher about... Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It's something to do with, like, multicultural... It's about... Just being able, as you're teaching, to be able to be aware of those who are different and to be sensitive to it. And one of those words that we had to be careful with is normal. Because there are people, we think things are normal that to other people are not. For example, um, oh gosh, when I was growing up and we would say the word perm... Because I grew up, it was, you know, most of my friends were were white kids. And we said a perm. What do you think of when I say getting a perm?
1: Uh, Getting your hair done.
0: Getting it done curly or straight? Curly. Curly. That was it. I came to find out later that if you are in, like, the black community, when they say getting a perm... It's not getting it curly because their hair's already curly. It's getting it straightened. Uh, and you think, about, yeah, of course, a permanent. Permanent does not mean curly. It means permanent. Yeah. Making your hair permanently a different texture Changing, than what it already yeah. is. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And another thing like that was normal that sometimes you weren't aware of, you just say things off the top of your head not think about it, is when I went out, when I was a young woman, I went to visit my mom. No, I went to visit my grandma my mom was there. And they were doing polymer clay. And my mom said something like, oh, we're out of flesh color. I looked down and there's brown clay right there. <laughs> I made my little person brown. I was like, mom, brown is a flesh color. Yeah. But they were so used to when she was yeah. growing up. She, I mean, she didn't meet a, a black person until she was old enough that she remembered. I yeah. don't remember because I was, you know, a little yeah. different. And so that was normal. So that was that's when I think of normal. I think of that class and just things like that, where be careful when you say normal because it's not normal to them.
1: Well, and he gives the examples of food. Oh, the, yes. Let's what, share those
0: examples. I love those examples.
1: Yeah, so one of them was that his wife ate loved to drink the coconut water and eat the coconut. And when they were employable in Mexico, they asked for the coconut and it came back reddish. It had been sprinkled with chili and they thought that was weird. They realized they were the weird ones, that everybody in Mexico ate it that way. Mm -hmm. And then when they were in Brazil, they were served avocado and they were ready to put salt on it. And they said, wait. Why are you putting salt on it? We already put sugar on it. Yeah. And they thought that was strange, but in Brazil, that's the norm—is to put sugar on it.
0: Yeah, and when I was growing up, we put lemon on it.
1: Oh. Yeah. yeah we, well, we put...
0: actually, you mash it up. You put lemon and salt in it, and a little garlic powder, and you've got a rudimentary guacamole. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I was used to putting salt on it growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just like my, I sometimes we. Chop up lemons and you just kind of like suck on the lemon and you're all like, oh, it's sour. Mm. And go up to visit my cousins up in Wisconsin and they put salt on it.
1: Mm. I've seen that.
0: Yeah. And then I met a guy from Mexico City who put Tabasco sauce on, um, oranges Mm. and i was like because i i did actually have a cousin i saw once put tabasco on a a lemon and i said i've seen that lemon he goes oh i a lot of people eat that with a lemon he goes lemon's too sour (laughs) he was okay with the spice but not the sour Uh you know yeah a lot of fun you could go on and on talk about things that are different i mean accents for example i mean how often um like those cousins that I had from Wisconsin, they had a different accent from me. Yeah. They're all talking like Wisconsin and yeah. and I'm I'm totally doing a bad job. And they would make fun of my accent. Well, not they, it was one cousin in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a tease and he would tease me about my accent and um and I'm thinking to myself, What are you talking about? You're the one who talks weird. Uh-huh. So there's all kinds of things that we keep normal or not normal. And basically what he says is none of that really matters. What really matters about things that should be normal are those four things. And those four things, those are those can be like the painting the fence in The Karate Kid. They can be like waxing on. The things that you think they, uh, eh, it's just kind of boring. I mean, talk about... How often is it that we struggle? Well, I think as you keep doing it, it gets easier to where you do enjoy it. I feel like I'm at the point where I I do, I don't study them like you do. Because I know that you really take notes and study and underline. And I'm more like, I listen and I, I the repetition. I love... There's certain parts in the Book of Mormon that I love, and there's certain parts like I'm I'm sad when they're over. Like yeah. I feel like the whole Book of Mormon climax is at Christ coming, and after that, yeah. it's sort of the the sad epilogue. And then I get excited to start again with Nephi. Mm. Yeah, and certain parts I get excited about, and so he wants you keep doing that. But as a child, reading scriptures was hard, even as a young adult, yeah. and even as an adult, honestly, sometimes you feel like. I would much rather read a novel than my scriptures. <laughs> I know the book of Mormon backwards and forwards. I don't need, I, don't, I can't learn anything new or, or prayer. Sometimes we struggle in prayer. Sometimes we feel like our prayers aren't being heard. Sometimes I do the thing where they get so rote that I remember later on where I'm like, Oh, I want to pray about that, and then you get to saying your prayers, and you kind of da 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 like, oh, yeah. I forgot to pray about what I meant to. So, um, things like that. We all know that sacrament meeting can be a challenge sometimes, especially if you have small children. If yeah. you're a, a teenager, sometimes, sometimes you don't get along with the other kids in your um, your age group, like the other like the other girls and young women's or the other boys and young men. Sometimes you just don't feel like you fit in and you don't want to go. Yeah. Going to the temple. Sometimes we feel like we're just so busy. Oh, and he also mentions, um, family history work. Yeah. And that's a tough one. I think that's kind of a hobby of mine, but I can understand why it's hard for, for people. Yeah. Because it doesn't appeal to everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, it's hard to, to know where to go sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to you have to spend some time just like anything else and kind of play with it and you start to get a feel for where things are at and
0: I have to admit that there are times when I just I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall and I'm like I just don't want to have to sort through all this stuff I'm just gonna go and I feel like I've looked through all the little ends and I'm just done Mm -hmm. and you just want to take a break from it and I, I mean that's okay but sometimes you just feel like that break lasts for years, uh-huh. and it's hard. So these, these, although as you engage in them, it can be more of a joy, there are times when these four things are going to feel more like you're painting the fence and you're not learning a thing about karate. Yeah. That's what it's going to feel like. And yet, there are going to come times when you are going to be so grateful that you have this because it helps you to face the hard things. The hard things, which Elder Isaac K. Morrison knows all about. Yeah. If you... um,
1: I wanted to uh, just... One more quote from uh, Let It Be Your Normal. Russell M. Nelson says, uh, Today we often hear about the new normal. If you really want to embrace a new normal, I invite you to turn your heart, might, and soul increasingly to our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Let that be your new normal. Just, uh, President Nelson gives a lot of great quotes and so as we change our habits and make those our norm, that's our new our new habits, our new way of living our Well there
0: so, are a lot of things I think in this world that are becoming normal that maybe shouldn't be normal. Mm-hmm. and so he talks about there's there's talk in the world about a new normal and there are things that are normal that I wish they weren't. Um, when my my first husband and I got divorced, my daughter, she felt strange and different because she didn't feel normal because her parents were not married anymore. Mm. And as she got older, and she starts meeting more kids who have divorced parents, it is sad that that is yeah, that it's normal. normal. Yeah. I mean it's it's not as normal to have deceased parents. I mean it, it you yeah. you it happens. Um, It's just sad that, that we live in a world where that has become normal. And gosh, I would have, I I felt, I feel bad. I, I, whenever I talk about my divorce, I always do feel like that sense of failure, you know? Mm. And I think that's, I think that's normal (laughs) for anyone who's been divorced, you know, that's normal, but I am grateful that that my my ex-husband and I have been able to become friends again where he comes over he came over for dinner like it was after Thanksgiving yeah um and he brought his two his two younger children from his his second marriage and and they came over and they're sweet they call me aunt Dana they're super cute and I'm I'm very grateful that we were able to have a friendship again well and um there's also a push in Hollywood to normalize some things that we don't want to be normalized because they're not good. Yeah. Where are we going from here? So the other
1: talk is Isaac K. Morrison, and uh, he talks about his talk is we can do hard things through him. A chunk of his talk is is about his family that uh, they got married. Let's see. Were they converts? I can't remember. Were they?
0: I don't remember. I just know that they uh, wanted a large family.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, he found the church. He found the church when he was a teen through okay. his his uncle Sarfo. And uh, they got married, and they wanted to have a a big family, and they they had two children, and then they were told that they wouldn't be able to have another one. And they had Kenneth. It was life threatening situation. But uh they they both arrived and his mom recovered and they they started their life as a family with the three little kids and he says they attended church and family prayers and all the things that the family does. Well, he was a state president and um had just got through taking care of some of his duties. He was washing dishes with his wife. The kids are playing. His wife became concerned about the kids and asked, asked him to go check. He thought, uh, I can hear them. They're okay. He didn't go check. Well, then they decided to go check. The older two boys were playing and the little 18-month Kenneth was in a bucket of water, stuck in a bucket of water. They rushed him to the hospital, and uh, he, he passed away. And um, he, questioned, he started questioning. He says, I found myself questioning why God would let this tragedy happen to me when I was doing all I could do to magnify my calling. I had just come home from fulfilling one of my duties in ministering to the saints. Why couldn't God look upon my service and save our son and our family from this tragedy? The more I thought about it, the more bitter I became." So, I could totally see that. I remember meeting an inactive family, uh, and they had just, it seemed like they just got through saying a prayer or something, and then they had a car accident, and it was kind of a tragedy, and they blamed it all on God. And mm-hmm. so they left They left the church, and they, they hated God because it was His fault, because they were trying to do something right, and He let it happen. And they became bitter. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's, you know... I, it, it kind of scared me. I thought, what What would I do if I were in that situation? Because it, they had completely become bitter. Obviously, for Brother Elder Morrison, mm-hmm. he didn't let it take over his life.
0: Well, I think what happens is that he was doing, like we said in the last talk, he's doing like the the thing. Certain things in his life had become a foundation because they were.
1: He yeah. was doing him.
0: Yeah. And that's not to say that everyone who's doing that, that they're going to face it the same way. I think it, it just, it cushions these blows yeah. when you have made that just a part of your life. And I, I mean, I know that that's so easy to say. You do this, then when the hard things come, you're going to deal with it well. Well, one thing that he said, now, first of all, You got to listen to the way he speaks because the way he speaks, you read it and it's so tragic and and heartbreaking. And yet when you hear him speak, he sounds so, he has a very joyful inflection in his voice. Well, he's
1: joking about it right after that because he he talks about losing his son. And then he says, "I, I came up with two rules. And you're like, oh man, what are the rules? And he says, the first rule is to listen and heed the promptings of your wife. The second rule, if you're not sure for any reason, refer to rule number one.
0: <laughs> Cause she, Yeah, she had a, a prompting that something was wrong Yeah, and they couldn't save it. And you're like, well, why would God give her that prompting if, you know, does that mean that he just didn't listen to her and so it's his fault? And the fact that she wasn't bitter or blamed him, yeah. I think is very... It's huge. It's huge.
1: Yeah, Because he was becoming bitter, she could have become bitter... If either one of them had stayed bitter, it could have destroyed things. Yeah. You, you see marriages that end over something like this where oh my goodness, yeah. they lose a child and they can't live with each other and they they get divorced. Yeah. And so there's a lot of strength in just uh, where they're at after getting through that. And he was able to be, you know, lighthearted, not uh, not trying to make everybody feel sorry for him, just mm-hmm. from, you know, like how he's talking, and he had everybody laughing about, you know, respecting his wife. Yeah. And, um, and so he says that it's, it, it hasn't stopped being painful for them. It, it, it is less painful, but they'll never get over losing a son. But they learned valuable lessons from it.
0: I've always thought that the metaphor of these kind of things being a scar are so, they, they, they're just a perfect metaphor because it is literally like a scar. A scar comes from something painful that happened to you where it heals, but it leaves a mark.
1: And you don't ever forget it. And
0: so you don't forget it. You, that's yeah. why some scars are very um, emotionally damaging to yeah. people. I I heard that that scar that Tina Fey has, you know, the actress, yeah. that that was from a, a traumatic thing, and so she doesn't like to talk about it, and it's oh. always there, and everyone notices it. Oh. And you think of my um, I had a cousin who has has some scars from something traumatic that happened to her, and it's mm. something that every time you see it, it reminds you, and so you yeah. have to learn to to get past that, even though you can see it every day. Yeah, I. He does have a quote here. There's a quote from his talk that was amazing to me, is I'm using that word a lot today. Challenges. He goes, Whatever the source of our challenges, they can be a golden opportunity to grow. And it's it's one of those things where people tell you like you're going through something horrible, like somebody dying, or a disease that almost kills you, and it's like, this is a great opportunity to grow. Shut up. I don't want to hear that. Uh-huh. And I've mentioned this before. I was, well, um, so our daughter has a friend in Holland. No, it's called the Netherlands now. I guess Holland, there's something where you don't, we don't call it Holland because that's just part of the Netherlands or something like that. Yeah. So he's from the Netherlands and he sent her a, a package of some Dutch treats for her birthday cause she just had a birthday. And one of the treats was this licorice that she didn't like apparently it's people like it in that part of the world, and a lot of Americans don't and We knew that my sister in law so my brother's my bro- my brother who passed away his his widow that she liked this kind of candy, so we took it over there, and of course, we took it over there and we start talking. And this subject comes up about how these hard things make you grow. And, of course, since I see her, we always talk about my brother. And said, you know, I remember asking Heavenly Father, you know, I have grown so much since my brother's passed away. But, gosh, Heavenly Father, couldn't you have found another way to teach me these things? Yeah. He couldn't have. It was the only way. Yeah. And it was, it's like he lost his son, this, this speaker Isaac Morrison he lost his son they weren't able to have the large family they wanted a lot of setbacks and yet ha- look at the optimism because he has been able to deal with these hard things and grow Yeah. and I lost I when I was divorced one thing that I got a degree in theater arts and when I was my senior year I knew I was never going to work in theater I knew I did not love it like these other people did. And I don't know what kind of career you can do with theater. You can be a secretary. I mean, they make decent money, but I didn't like that either. But and I didn't like theater. I like watching theater, but I don't like being in the theater. Mm-hmm. And so I I had so I got the divorce and so I'm back in the workforce and the only job I could find was working in this factory with People who I don't even know if they were in the country legally. I'm not sure. And you're thinking, what kind of skill is you needed? No skill, but yet the the silver lining or the golden opportunity is at that that job. That's where I learned to really speak Spanish. Yeah. Before that, I was too scared to speak it. I knew a little bit. I could understand, but I was too timid. And so you can any situation. Well, you
1: can. Um, there's a so my mom was reading a book about president nelson Mm -hmm. and she shared with me uh, a chapter when president nelson was a doctor he was uh, in school to become a surgeon and um, i guess he's just starting to work and his boss uh, became really annoyed with how squeaky clean he was and was really hard on him. And the other surgeon was really hard on him. And they made him do all the, the worst surgeries, and he never got a day off on the weekend. He always had to work weekends, and he mm-hmm. always had the really hard surgeries, the ones that no one else wanted to do. Well, over time, uh, President Nelson... Uh, gained valuable skills because he was doing all the most complicated surgeries and so he was becoming a better surgeon because of, of the guy they were at a party what happened at the beginning was they are at a party and the boss said you take that drink and you drink it or I'm going to make life really hard on you And President Nelson said, well, you do what you have to do, and I'll do what I have to do. And he made it really hard on him. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how long that was, if it was a couple years, but President Nelson went through a rough time because he wasn't willing to let down his standards for those other surgeons. But it made him a better surgeon and made him who he was because Mm -hmm. of it.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah, it's a good story. Um, So, uh, one of the things he says is, the hard things in our lives should come as no surprise once we have entered the straight and narrow path. Jesus Christ learned obedience through the things which He suffered. As we follow Him, especially in our difficult times, we can grow to become more like Him. Mm -hmm. So the key is... Even through the difficulties to uh, continue to follow him. And that goes, he talks about living the law of sacrifice, which is one of the things that we learn in the temple. And I referred to a talk by M. Russell Ballard called The Law of Sacrifice, where he talks about uh, what the law of sacrifice is. we, the first principles and ordinance of the gospel are faith. And how do you exercise faith? You exercise faith by giving things up. When you, when you sacrifice something that you want for something that God wants, like fasting, time to study the scriptures, serving others, you are giving up. You're sacrificing your time the things that you want for the things that the Lord wants. And that's the law of sacrifice. And so any time that we sacrifice, we're increasing in faith. And so our faith increases as we sacrifice our own wants for the things of of God. Um, And so in here, I just wanted to read part of this. He says, Let us here observe that a religion that does not require the sacrifice of all things never has power sufficient to produce the faith necessary unto life and salvation. It is through the medium of the sacrifice of all earthly things that men do actually know that they are doing the things that are well pleasing in the sight of God. When a man has suffered in sacrifice, all that he has for the truth's sake, not even withholding his life and believing before God that he has been called to make this sacrifice because he seeks to do his will, he does know most assuredly that God does and will accept his sacrifice and offering and that he has not nor will not seek his face in vain. Under these circumstances, then we can obtain the faith necessary for him to lay hold on eternal life. So, I just wanted to share a little bit about what the law of sacrifice. I've been studying the law of sacrifice and trying to understand it, and and so the law of sacrifice is is being willing to uh, recognize that there are hard things, and continue to follow God and give give our lives, turn our lives over to Him.
0: The the sacrifice, their sacrifice in keeping, you know, the four things he talked about making normal. Yeah. You studying scripture when you could be maybe watching T V or doing something you want to do. Yeah. Read a book you want to. Yeah. Praying rather than just going straight to sleep.
1: More than a two minute prayer to, you know, spend a little more time on your knees.
0: Yeah. Sacrament meeting, I mean attending your meetings and making that a priority when you could yeah. maybe I don't know, be working, maybe yeah. having, doing something fun at, the, go, go <coughs> camping, <can't keep> coughing. <coughs>
1: Magnify your calling. You could be
0: doing something fun. Temple worshiping. I mean, yeah. you have to sacrifice time to do that, especially, um, endowment sessions. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, um, about the length of a movie, maybe yeah. like one of those two hour dramas. Plus the I mean, travel time and yeah, it's like, um, you know, you could go go we out. You really to, don't have
1: to sacrifice like some who have to.
0: Some really travel. sacrifice. <laughs> we we really don't. For us, it's it's it, we we can we have like three temples that are close by yeah, and soon it's, it's to about be a three hour. Yeah, well, within so. a half an hour away from us, there are four temples. Soon to be five or six. Yeah, six.
1: We'll have seven in this valley. Once they're all built.
0: Yeah, probably all within a half an hour because I think the, because yeah. Pleasant Grove or Linden, wherever it's, that's closer to us than the Timpanogos yeah. Temple, which is an American fort, which uh-huh. those of you who don't live around here don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but even yeah. to
1: drive to the south end of Salt Lake is about 40 minutes and there's a yeah. couple more There temples are so there.
0: many temples here to choose from. Yeah. And so it's not as much of a sacrifice for us. The same as when you live near anything like uh, we have a we had a missionary gave a talk and he he's from, you know, the Independence area. He said he's never been to any of those sites. Mm. And that's true. When I lived in in Southern California, the only times I very rarely went to the beach. It was usually when someone from out of state was visiting is when I went to the beach, because when you live close by, you think, oh, I've got time to go. And so you don't prioritize it. Mm. So it is it's a sacrifice either way. Yeah. yeah I was I think that's all I was going to say about that
1: anyway these, these two kind of go together because we we change our habits and give of our time to to the Lord mm-hmm. um, and that d- just because we give those things doesn't mean just like the state present that just because we give our time doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard situations but but if, if we're living and trying, the Lord will bless us and we'll, we'll receive blessings for it.
0: Yeah. That's the hardest thing I think to accept in yeah. life is that hard things are always going to happen. Yeah. I think, um, in the world, I I've heard that people believe that the goal of life is to avoid hard things, but you know, we, in our ward, uh, the boundaries kind of changed and then they started building some houses, and those, the new the new houses that were in our ward have kind of more well, especially the ones that they built. Since then, we have people who are a lot more wealthy than us, and yeah. it's very easy as they're building these houses to look and think that person has everything; they have no problems. Yeah. And then you meet them, and you find out. They have problems. They're yeah. not financial problems, yeah. but they have problems. I mean, you
1: start being grateful for what mm-hmm. problems you have. When you look at someone else's problem, you're like, "I'll take the problems I've got."
0: It's true. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to trade places. Yeah. I might want to trade houses, but not. Put the- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm actually. I mean, I love my house, but and their houses, their houses, I have to admit, do make my house more valuable. So. <laughs> it wasn't all bad (laughs) no i i actually sometimes when i went to one of their houses i was so excited to get to go inside the house oh my gosh i've been looking at this house since it was being built i'm so excited to be in it is it everything you hoped for i didn't get to see the whole tour unfortunately but maybe someday (laughs) but they're really they're all really nice people you know
1: Okay so that's uh, what we wanted to share with these two talks. We hope that you're able to get something out of them. Um
0: it, we also want to remind you that I don't to please um if you are if you are listening to us, please follow us. You can follow us on those different things. I have not been I need to ask that more because I don't think that our podcast is getting out to as many people as we would like. Mm. Um, we want to share. We get so excited. When we first start, it get so excited. And then I think it stagnates. Yeah. And I really want to... We have been changing the format that I think for the better that we have some more um, good discussion. Yeah. I think we had some good discussion today. Yeah. So please follow
1: us. Yeah. Please follow us and... In- let us know what you think, and we hope that uh, we're able to leave something with you that uh, points you towards towards God, and we ask you to follow the prophet.
0: Yes, so follow us on the listening thing. Follow the prophet in your life. Yes. <laughs> yes.